This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What does it look like to live into God's calling as an Asian American Christian? Stay tuned to learn more about learning our names, Asian American Christians on identity, relationships, and vocation. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading. 1 Chronicles chapter 9, verses 40, through 1 Chronicles chapter 10. 1 Chronicles chapter 9, beginning at verse 40. The son of Jonathan, Meribal, who was the father of Micah, the sons of Micah, Pithon, Melech, Tarea, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jarah, and Jarah was the father of Alameth, Azmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza, and Moza was the father of Benia. His son was Raphiah, whose son was Eliasa, whose son was Azel. Azel had six sons, Azrikam, his firstborn, followed by Ishmael, Shiriah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. First Chronicles chapter 10. Saul's death. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before the Philistines, and many of them fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines stayed right on the heels of Saul and his sons. They struck down Saul's sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. The battle was thick around Saul. The archers spotted him and wounded him. Saul told his armor-bearer, draw your sword and stab me with it. Otherwise, these uncircumcised people will come and torture me. But his armor-bearer refused to do it because he was very afraid. So Saul took the sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died. His whole household died together. When all the Israelites who were in the valley saw that the army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their cities and fled. The Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip loot from the corpses, they discovered Saul and his sons lying dead on Mount Geboa. They stripped his corpse and then carried off his head and his armor. They sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines proclaiming the news to their idols and their people. They placed his armor in the temple of their gods, 
and hung his head in the temple of Dagon. When all the residents of Jabesh Gilead heard about everything the Philistines had done to Saul, all the warriors went and recovered the bodies of Saul and his sons and brought them to Jabesh. They buried their remains under the oak tree in Jabesh and fasted for seven days. So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord and did not obey the Lord's instructions. He even tried to conjure up underworld spirits. He did not seek the Lord's guidance. So the Lord killed him and transferred the kingdom to David, son of Jesse. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verses 20 to 22. When David went to Ziklag, the men of Manasseh who joined him were Adnach, Josabad, Jediel, Michael, Josabad, Elihu, and Zelatai, leaders of 1,000 soldiers each in the tribe of Manasseh. They helped David fight against raiding bands, for all of them were warriors and leaders in the army. Each day, men came to help David until his army became very large. 1 Samuel chapter 31 The Death of Saul Now the Philistines were fighting against Israel. The men of Israel fled from the Philistines, and many of them fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines stayed right on the heels of Saul and his sons. They struck down Saul's sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua. Saul himself was in the thick of the battle. The archers spotted him and wounded him severely. Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and stab me with it. Otherwise, these uncircumcised people will come, stab me, and torture me. But his armor-bearer refused to do it, because he was very afraid. So Saul took his sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his own sword and died with him. So Saul, his three sons, his armor-bearer, and all his men died together that day. When the men of Israel who were in the valley and across the Jordan saw that the men of Israel had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned the cities and fled. The Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip loot from the corpses, they discovered Saul and his three sons lying dead on Mount Gilboa. They cut off Saul's head and stripped him of his armor. They sent messengers to announce the news in the temple of their idols and among their people throughout the surrounding land of the Philistines. They placed Saul's armor in the temple of the Ashtaroths and hung his corpse on the city wall of Beth Shan. When the residents of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their warriors set out and traveled throughout the night. They took Saul's corpse and the corpses of his sons from the city wall of Beth Shan and went to Jabesh, where they burned them. They took the bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh. Then they fasted for seven days. 2 Samuel chapter 1 David learns of the deaths of Saul and Jonathan. After the death of Saul, when David had returned from defeating the Amalekites, he stayed at Ziklag for two days. On the third day, a man arrived from the camp of Saul with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. When he approached David, the man threw himself to the ground. David asked him, Where are you coming from? He replied, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. David asked him, How were things going? Tell me. He replied, The people fled from the battle, and many of them fell dead. Even Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. David said to the young man who was telling him this, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? The young man said, I just happened to be on Mount Gilboa and came across Saul leaning on his spear for support. The chariots and leaders of the horsemen were in hot pursuit of him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me. I answered him, Here I am. He asked me, Who are you? I told him, I'm an Amalekite. He said to me, stand over me and finish me off. I'm very dizzy. 
even though I'm still alive. So I stood over him and put him to death, since I knew he couldn't live in such a condition. Then I took the crown which was on his head and the bracelet which was on his arm. I have brought them here to my Lord. David then grabbed his own clothes and tore them, as did all the men who were with him. They lamented and wept and fasted until evening because Saul, his son Jonathan, the Lord's army, and the house of Israel had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who told this to him, Where are you from? He replied, I'm an Amalekite, the son of a resident foreigner. David replied to him, How is it that you are not afraid to reach out your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of the soldiers and said, Come here and strike him down. So he struck him down and he died. David said to him, Your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have put the Lord's anointed to death. David's tribute to Saul and Jonathan. Then David chanted his lament over Saul and his son Jonathan. He gave instructions that the people of Judah should be taught the bow. Indeed, it is written down in the scroll of the upright one. The beauty of Israel lies slain on your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Don't report it in Gath. Don't spread the news in the streets of Ashkelon. Or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will celebrate. O mountains of Geboa, may there be no dew or rain on you, nor fields of grain offerings. For it was there that the shield of warriors was defiled. The shield of Saul lies neglected without oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of warriors, the bow of Jonathan was not turned away. The sword of Saul never returned empty. Saul and Jonathan were greatly loved during their lives, and not even in their deaths were they separated. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet, as well as jewelry, who put gold jewelry on your clothes. How the warriors have fallen in the midst of battle. Jonathan lies slain on your high places. I grieve over you, my brother Jonathan. You were very dear to me. Your love was more special to me than the love of women. How the warriors have fallen. The weapons of war are destroyed. New Testament reading. John chapter 11, verses 38 through 57. John chapter 11 beginning at verse 38. Lazarus raised from the dead. Jesus intensely moved again, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was placed across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, replied, Lord, by this time the body will have a bad smell, because he has been buried four days. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you that you have listened to me. I knew that you always listened to me. But I said this for the sake of the crowd standing around here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he shouted in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The one who had died came out, his feet and hands tied up with strips of cloth and a cloth wrapped around his face. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go the response of the Jewish leaders. Then many of the people who had come with Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and reported to them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called the council together and said, What are we doing? For this man is performing many miraculous signs. 
If we allow him to go on this way, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away our sanctuary and our nation. Then one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said, You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is more to your advantage to have one man die for the people than for the whole nation to perish. Now he did not say this on his own, but because he was high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the Jewish nation, and not for the Jewish nation only, but to gather together into one the children of God who are scattered. So from that day, they planned together to kill him. Thus, Jesus no longer went around publicly among the Judeans, but went away from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim and stayed there with his disciples. Now the Jewish feast of Passover was near and many people went up to Jerusalem from the rural areas before the Passover to cleanse themselves ritually. Thus, they were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple courts, What do you think? That he won't come to the feast? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who knew where Jesus was should report it so that they could arrest him. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Father God, thank you for your word. And thank you, O oh God, um, for these very... Um, these uh, several different tellings, oh God, of Saul's death. Well, Saul, Jonathan, oh God, and really, um, and his other sons, oh Lord God, who fell in the battle, Lord. Thank you, oh God, for the example here from David, oh Lord God, on how to respond when someone who has become an enemy dies, um, dies even suddenly, oh God, even when they've acted treacherously against us in ways, O oh God, that are unconscionable and wicked, O oh God. Those who have plotted against us, O oh God, and who have um, set themselves up, O oh God, as an enemy instead of a neighbor, instead of a brother or a sister, O oh God, or a dear sibling. God, thank you for this example. Though it's hard, O oh God, um, just seeing the way that David even lamented, O oh God, um, over the death of not only Jonathan, his dear, dear, beloved friend, O oh God, but Saul, O oh Lord who was angry and jealous, O oh God, of, of David, O oh God, and the call that you placed on his life, O oh God, and that his response was not to gloat. It was not to boast in Saul's death and demise. It was not to rejoice, O oh God, over his death, but it was to lament because death is our common enemy. It is final, O oh God. And we know that as of late, O oh God, in, in culture and society, O oh God, there have been the sudden deaths, oh God, of people um, who have lived, um, you know, in ways um, in which they have set themselves up as our enemies, oh God, and, and who have lived in ways, oh God, that for all intents and purposes have been deplorable, oh God. But the response is not to rejoice in their death. Oh, no, no. Death is a common enemy. Death is, is just, yeah, it's our, our, our common enemy, oh God, and it's nothing to rejoice over, oh God, but to a lament, oh Lord God. That particularly when we know or when we, we don't see evidence, oh God, of that repentance, oh Lord, prior to death, oh Lord, only you know where you, the final destination, oh God, of those whom you have created, oh God. But would you help us not to gloat, to rejoice, to boast over um, the deaths, oh Lord God, of our enemies, oh God, but to, to lament, oh God, and to feel a sadness, oh God, over the finality of death, oh God. 
any lack of repentance or lack of fruit, oh Lord God, that we didn't get to see, oh God, the fruits of those changes, oh God. Would you help us? Help us to be a people marked, oh Lord God, by humility, marked by grace, oh Lord, marked by compassion, oh Lord God, marked by love for for our enemies, oh Lord. As difficult as that can be, would you help us and show us how to do that, oh Lord? You loved us so well. Jesus loved us so well, oh God, when we were enemies. When we were your enemies, oh God, you loved us and you sent your only son, oh God, and you turned us from enemies to friends, oh God, and to co-heirs with Christ. So would you help us to look to you and to trust in you? Thank you for your wonder-working power, oh Lord. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Many Asian Americans know the pain of being called names that deny their humanity. Learning Our Names is a book written by a team of four Asian American InterVarsity staff workers who are East Asian, Southeast Asian, and South Asian, and who share how God uses their unique ethnic identities and experiences for His divine purposes. The book is even endorsed by basketball star Jeremy Lin, who says that the book was so encouraging to him in exploring how his identity shapes his faith. Get your copy today at ivypress.com. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code, the word at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.